Hi, Elwood City Limits listeners. It's Will here. Yeah, it's a busy time of the old year, isn't it? Lucas is jet-setting, but he hopes to be back home very soon. And as the end of Season 18 is getting nearer, I am hopeful that he'll be with us for the season finale. But I gotta be honest... I'm sure that many of you miss Lucas. I miss talking to him too. Whenever he's not here, I do miss talking to him. But I have loved the opportunity to have new voices on the podcast, and this week is no different. We're gonna be joined by a great guest who I've been wanting to get on the show for a little while now, and we'll learn more about her in a little bit. First, let's get a few things out of the way. There is a very interesting piece of Arthur news that I want to share with you, and I'll be sharing this with Lucas as well, but given that it has just happened, I wanted to make sure you knew about it. It was brought up in the Elwood City Limits Discord, and if you're not aware, if you are on Steam, if you have a Steam account, there are four classic Arthur games that are now available for you to purchase. They are those read-along games that you may have seen in a Peanut Butter Gamer video. Uh, Specifically, the games are Arthur's Birthday, Arthur's Computer Adventure, Arthur's Reading Race, and Arthur's Teacher Trouble. All of them are around, well, I'm in Canada, so for me, they were like 11, 12 bucks each. So I feel they could be a little cheaper, but these are classic games that have been uploaded to Steam and are now legally available for you to purchase. So if that sounds cool to you, by all means, go ahead and let us know what you think. The Arthur computer games and Arthur games in general are a big blind spot for me. I never ever played them as a kid so i'd love to know what they're all about i would love to get them myself at some point uh you know it's not a financial priority for me right now but you know i'm not going to guarantee anything maybe by the next time lucas and i get a stream together we can play some of these for y'all but they're available for you to try out right now and i thought i'd let you know about that let's go on over to the patreon shout outs of course patreon.com slash elwood city limits is where you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month and get access to all of our bonus content our latest bonus podcast is an episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, talking about Angelina Ballerina. Lucas and I had a really good time uh, goofing about it, uh, and there are a few good things about it as well. So I think that it's a good one. If you want to check it out, patreon.com slash Limits. I will also say that at the beginning of November, we're going to have another episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, as Lucas and I talk about Let's Go Luna. I have no idea what to expect, so we're going in blind once again, and fingers crossed this was voted for a couple of times by patrons, Uh, so we will see what everybody thinks about it and what we think about it. We also want to say a big thank you to our patrons. Uh, We want to say thank you to people such as Leanne S. and Ian Collis. Thank you to Macy Ball, to Jake Bailey, and to Sierra S., Thank you to Muppet Baby Cat. Thank you to Gabs and Veronica Tram. Thank you to Rory Forever and to Jared G. Thank you, Alex Koblenz. Thank you, Quantum Wave. Thank you to Marco, to Purple Stars 2006, and to our newest patron. Thank you, Maddie Hines, and welcome to our Patreon. And thank you as well for supporting us along the way. Speaking of support, unfortunately... I announced on the previous episode that I was going to be on a video podcast, and unfortunately it didn't pan out for that day, but we're going to try again. I'm going to be on an episode of Trivial Debates over on YouTube for October 22nd. That's Sunday, October 22nd at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. You can tune in live, and the link will be available once we're done as well. Don't worry, I'll put it on all our social medias and in the ECL Discord uh, before it goes live and after it goes live. But wanted to let you know about that in case you're able to tune in in time. That's Trivial Debates. I'm going to be talking about horror uh, October 22nd at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, if you'd like to support that show and me. Otherwise, let's get to today's episode featuring Kat, a new guest on the show. I think you're, uh, you're going to like this one. I had a lot of fun recording. So let's head on over to the new Elwood City Limits. As we keep traipsing through Season 18, uh, we are... Well, we've had a lot of friends on this season, and I'm always happy to uh, to see to see to hear from old friends as we talk about Arthur. But I'm also 
always very happy to bring new friends onto the show. And we have another podcast professional joining us for this episode of Elwood City Limits. That would be Kat from Just Fix and Giggles. Hey, Kat. Hi, how you doing? How you doing? Pretty good. Can't complain. I mean, I'm in Florida, so. Oh, hmm. okay. <laughs> say no more. Oh, well, and actually, as a matter of fact, please, we're going to say a lot more uh, since this is an auditory medium, and we are going to be talking about the uh, semifinal episode of Arthur Season 18 here in just a little bit. But, uh, but Kat, I mean, you, I've, you know, full disclosure, you have been one of our patrons uh, for quite a while, and that's how I kind of came to know about you and know about your podcast. I do want to ask about the podcast in just a moment, but first, tell me a little bit about your experience with Arthur, and uh, yeah, how did that kind of enter your life? Um, so... Arthur has always been like a really big thing in my family. I was born in 1999. So in the the good few years of the beginning, one of my core memories from childhood is a VHS tape that my father um, recorded episodes on from PBS. Nice. That I would just watch like religiously. Mm. I actually found it not too long ago and it was very exciting. Um, so yeah, I feel like Arthur's kind of just always been around. I read the books, both the chapter books and just the the little ones. We watch it in my house a lot. Just a, I'm a big fan. And it's something that you still keep up with to this day. Oh, oh, 100%. Outside of listening to the podcast, I watch episodes fully legally. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, sometimes I'll turn on PBS um, And of course I always like to ask um, For those we have on the show Who have experience with Arthur Do you have first of all Favorite character or favorite characters Oh 100% I am a, beaky, a binky girl Through and through There you go yes Although I feel as I've gotten older I've grown to be closer to Fern Oh yeah, but I still love Binky. Binky and Fern, classic. I, mm-hmm. I have a great deal of respect for that choice. Um, if I said favorite episodes, do any stick out to you immediately as the ones that are your kind of pet favorites? Um, well, given my job, I feel like I have to say Lights, Camera, Opera. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I feel like it might be illegal. Um, but outside of that one, uh, Bleep is a classic. Interesting, like very, mm-hmm. and I think that that illustrates kind of where you got into Arthur versus where I did, and the a, the age gap, such as it is. And you mentioned because it is your job, lights, camera, opera being one of your favorites. Do you mind sharing what your job is? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so I'm currently studying to be an opera singer. Uh, I was in my first opera in fifth grade. I was in the children's chorus, but it was still full on classical music. And I actually remember watching that episode as a small child and being like, oh, that's like so cool. I wonder if I could ever do that. And now fast forward 20 years later, I am doing it. And I don't know. It's just a nice full circle moment. It really is. Man, that is so I don't know if we've had another I mean, maybe in smaller ways, but that is really like I saw this on Arthur and then I thought maybe I could do it. And now you are doing it. That is that's so cool. (laughs) And you are uh, like I've I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've put online about uh, your singing. I mean, you have a beautiful voice uh, and it's so cool that you are making this dream happen. Now, when when you talk about the when you were in a like child's opera, was it Springtime Flowers? <laughs> no. Oh, I wish. I feel like you could have really, really worked with that material and brought it up oh, yeah. as DW is trying to do here. Um, the high art. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we, it's another that I always end up calling it a D-double dose because it's two <laughs> D-W stories here, uh, not to put you on the spot, but uh, D-W, how does she, how does she strike you? Like, where are you on, on the side of D-W? Uh, she certainly exists in my universe. Hmm, okay. Um, okay. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I love her. Sometimes I'm like, ugh, I don't know. Well, I respect her. 
Well, we we may see, we may see that dichotomy happening here. So, the first <laughs> one we're talking about here is the pageant pickle, and well, Arthur, his feelings are well known about his sister. In fact, so strong that sometimes they can ruin an entire day. Arthur starts a perfectly nice spring day here, but it's all completely ruined by the announcement <laughs> that on Friday it's DW's spring pageant, and this is. It was horrifying. <laughs> it's quite like, the, the visual <laughs> representation, yeah? No, I okay, I legitimately, when I was watching it, I said, that can't be real. This is something that they did to get not copyright strict. And so I went to YouTube <laughs> to see if I could find evidence. And I found a video that had legitimately 806 views of somebody recording the episode off their TV. <laughs> <laughs> and lo, lo and behold, that striking image of Mom Reed was still there. Oh, M- Mom Reed in a 90s music video with the fisheye lens? <laughs> yes. That was, like, there's all these close-ups and these very, like, we see the close-up of the crunch cereal bowl of Arthur almost pouring milk in the milk, dancing on the edge. But then <laughs> this, mo- this mom shot is all, like, I just watched... Skin and Rink last night, and this oh, I saw this would all this would almost be welcome. You just have to put like a filter over it and <laughs> way less lights. But then like Mom reads giant face of like DW Spring Pageant, <laughs> like yeah, please no, no. It was it was horrifying, but I loved it. <laughs> it's you know, um, I guess this is another question. But since you started watching in nine, well, not ninety nine, you started living in nineteen ninety nine, but. <laughs> Did you were you watching Arthur into this style of animation into the digital style of animation? I remember when they announced, I think they announced it that they were doing the flash animation. Mm-hmm. And I at the time I didn't really know what flash was. Okay. And so I was like, oh, new Arthur. Awesome. Love it. It's still <laughs> happening. And then I went to watch it and I felt so blindsided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I quickly gave it up. However, once y'all reached Flash, I did start watching it and I was more used to it. Mm. So I, it didn't feel as big of a shock. So yes and no. Okay. Um, that's that's interesting. I definitely have, I feel like, if those of us who watch cartoons when we were little, we all had that one show where from one season to another, they went to a different animation style, and then you're just like, well, this is, this is different now. For me, it was mm-hmm. um, the second season of Metabots. Like, they went to, uh, I don't even... Uh, that's the, Hey kids, ask your, ask your uncle about Metabots, but (laughs) it's, uh, it was completely different for the second season. I'm like, are these different characters? Like it was the same characters, but it was in a completely different design style. And then I just fell off it because I'm just like, this doesn't feel the same anymore. So there is that, there is that risk that you run with younger kids who don't understand like, Oh, it's the same show, but a different animation style. We're just like, this is different. I don't like it anymore. Yeah. I fear I fell into that, even though I was like 15. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur is very upset that he has to go to this pageant that, as I mentioned before, is called Springtime Flowers. It's not even that it's like, you know, offensive. It's just, it's boring and, as I put it, mildly awful. Like, it's just a child's pageant. Um, In fact, you're, you're likely to see this in animated shows with like oh the dad has to go to the pageant not the brother does and arthur is upset because this is apparently going to take place at the same time as the first muffy's pool party of the season because spring is on its way out and they're getting ready to have a summer full of pool party so arthur won't be able to go to this and he's very upset. Again, it's 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 the age old Arthur concern of like he always has to do things uh, that DW approves. It's I'm all- I'm on Arthur's side here for a few reasons though. Sure. One, we love a good pool party. Mm-hmm. But two, th- they've done this show before. <laughs> like that's a snooze fest for me. Like I fully support art. I have to say, but like. Change the key of the song at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I okay, but in its defense, that was an autumn pageant. This is you a spring pageant. 
Apologies, apologies. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I, I, I know to the untrained eye, <laughs> it may look the same, but really, it's you know, it's a little thing called variations on a theme. All right. Mm. <laughs> but DW fires back and says, "Well, well, she does stuff for Arthur all the time. She gives him advice. She lets she lets his dumb dog lick her feet, and she defends him from the Tibbles when they call him a banana." <laughs> Which, right on the money, I don't know if, like, Arthur's been called many things. Banana is sorely underutilized in terms of things yeah. to psychologically break Arthur. That's a strong one, too. Yeah, and we get another one here when he Arthur's talking to his friends about having to miss the pool party, and Binky calls him pageant face. <laughs> uh, just just making fun of him because he has to go to a pageant. Binky, um, not, not as quick on his feet as other no, kids not, are. Not his best work, either. No, and he admits as such. In fact, stop bullying yeah. him for it. What I really loved here, though, is that, you know, Arthur's upset. Uh, Francine gives him the advice to count the ceiling tiles, to which Arthur's like 487 or however much it is. He already knows. <laughs> he was quick to that answer. He really was. Like, that's something you don't forget. Uh, but we also see this from DW's point of view and like springtime flowers again it's very much like I don't even remember what the lyrics are but it's just like the leaf falls to the ground and then sprouts up to become a tree like atonal like really glass yeah really lacking choreography here um I, 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 we, we, I think we need some new direction going on with this. Mm-hmm. And DW's in the middle of this, and she says, Arthur was right. This really is boring. <laughs> Which I It's really a win for her. Yeah, I really appreciated that. They're just like, actually, yeah, we can just call a spade a spade here. Um, she tries. She tries. But, um, you know, as, as somebody who has um, experience in productions, I imagine that you've probably seen some variant before of the talent being like, I've got a great idea that will make this show even better. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I will say that made me wish that in the finale, like the series finale, mm-hmm. that DW would have done something with directing. Because honestly, I, li- I liked it. When you thought, when you think about it, I feel like she'd be a good director. I mean, you never know. You She could be doing community theater. That's on, also true. On her off time from the precinct uh and dw one of her suggestions is incorporating a spider to liven things up she even says come on people this is good (laughs) she must be she must be a nightmare to direct Uh, there there was a there was an excellent uh part when they're at the dinner table and dw is admitting to her family that like it's not very good. She says, it's not my fault. Everyone wants the pageant to be boring. And Arthur literally gets up and does the, I think you should leave. Oh my God. He admitted <laughs> gif. And I laughed and I laughed. It was like, he, he, he's, he says, Oh my, she, he says, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so dumb. But it's just, like, he says, see, she admits it. Just like, Oh my God, she admitted. <laughs> my wife and no. I say that to each other all the time. And it cracks me up every time. Justice for Arthur. I mean, he, like he—he's making his case here, and it's mm-hmm. just—it's just falling on deaf ears. They're going no matter what, even though apparently, apparently this is a legacy performance here because Dad Reed did a version of Springtime Flowers when he was little, and he thought that it was bad then too. And Mom Reed saying, "Shut it, shut it, shut it," <laughs> just making the, uh, 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 the, 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 the Joey Gladstone cut it out. <laughs> Um, and uh, Dad excuses himself. So DW's mission here is to fix the pageant to make it less boring. But Arthur's a bit suspicious of what exactly this is going to mean. Um, you know, what what this is going to mean for him as an audience member. So he keeps trying to spy on her in order to get more details. We do find out that there's going to be some kind of poetry performance involved. But what that is, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, we even get rid of the conflict for Arthur at one point. Muffy says that her pool party is going to take place after the pageant so that Arthur can go. So the conflict that Arthur was upset about is gone, but now he's in too deep. He's still going to the pageant, and it's just like, well, what's going to happen here? Like, he feels something is going to be happening, potentially even at his expense. He says, I'm not wanting any setups. <laughs> so the thing that DW decides to do... And there seems to be a little bit of room for freedom here because we do see the Tibbles have their own idea for how to make springtime flowers better by doing a mime act. 
I was shocked. <laughs> it's like, what commitment to character, and especially from these two, to... Uh, when did they find the the time and the attention to appreciate the craft of mime? I know. It's like they watched a Shields and Yarnell special or something, which is a deep cut, I must admit. That's okay. I really hope somebody <laughs> out there gets it. Uh, I'm praying for that. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you know if somebody does. It's a, it's a good visual gag of like the Tibbles being mm-hmm. mimes, but they commit to it after the show. And so it seems to be like, I think they've hit a special interest here, which <laughs> I, I mean, I support it. Sure. And it could lead to, there was an earlier episode where we saw that a potential future for the Tibbles after they grow up is that they become like artists in, in a similar kind of French vein, like they have the berets on and everything. So, oh, oh yeah, there seems to be a there seems to be some kind of well of French. Like I don't, th- I don't think Tibble is a French name, is it? Is Tibble right. an actual name? Uh, I think about it. I, you know, it's just a it's just a good bully name. But is it possible <laughs> Tibble? Tibble is a data frame. It is a modern take on data frames. Okay, it's <laughs> okay. a computer thing. Yeah, Tibbles. They're they're okay. They're having people named Tibble. The Tibble twins have their own Wikipedia page. Okay, oh. uh, evidence is inconclusive. Oh, it's a oh, a pet cat which is alleged to have wiped out a, a species of wren in New Zealand. Oh no! So I guess that's what they are. They're they're meant to be cats. <laughs> oh oh yeah, I guess so. I always thought they were bears because of the rounded ears, but me too. Yeah. Anyway, they've got their own thing going on. And DW's thing is she is going to read a two-person poem that she's prepared for the pageant. But then, before intermission, she whispers to Miss Morgan and says she she's not going to do it anymore. And then Arthur's like, awesome, I'm free. And Francine... Also, how, how long is the show if there's an intermission? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> it's either the kind of intermission where, yeah, it's like 2001 A Space Odyssey, where it's like, you need this or else your butt's going numb. <laughs> Or it's, like, for the benefit of the child performers to, mm. like, you can prepare while this half does it. And then this, I, it's hard to say, really. I'm My guess for this would be, it couldn't be over an hour, could it? And even yeah. then, that's kind of pushing it. Yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. I said, there's no way they have that many acts. How long can the Tibbles be mimes? <laughs> um, th- so, yeah, DW doesn't have anybody to read this two-person poem with Arthur is getting picked up by Francine to the pool party, but he sees her very upset, and as we learn later, kind of demonstratively upset. And he he realizes that no one wanted to do it with her, so she says. So Arthur graciously, and I I liked this moment for what it is, even though it ends up being uh, a a goof on him later, that he... um, that he that he was the good older brother and decided agreed to do the poem with her. It's a poem called My Best Friend, which I looked it up. I don't think it's an actual poem. I thought maybe for a minute it might be like a like a Jack Proletsky or something, but uh, it mm. seems oh. to be original. And it involves Arthur acting like a chimpanzee, and D.W. gives him the direction like he's bigger, bigger, um, of just kind of you know he does the ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ee, ee, and then eventually he gets so big that he's doing the actions and he's kind of going off script a little bit. I know. What's more, Francine calls all of Arthur's friends to see the poem being read out, and so they see him acting like a chimpanzee. Uh, I also do want to note here a classic cartoon flourish when Arthur is, uh, he, he almost backs off of doing the poem, but D.W. bats the eyelashes at him and gets him to do it. <laughs> So the performance was nice. The performance goes over really well uh, to the point where the kids are asking for Arthur's autograph. But then he's like, "I can't believe none of you guys wanted to do that with her." And they're like, "What do you mean? She didn't ask us to do it." <laughs> and it turns out the d- turns out the joke was on him. Arthur uh, D.W. never even asked any of her friends. It was all to embarrass Arthur. And I was like, "Oh, that's funny. That's a funny way to end that episode." Happens to the best of us. And then it kind of keeps going a little bit like there was a weird tale to this where it's Arthur walking to the pool party and his friends are kind of making fun of him but also saying that like he did a good job and then they all act like chimpanzees to end the episode 
I don't know. Yeah. It felt like the ending was the big Arthur, no, or, or DW, or whatever it was. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. that's perfect. But then it just kind of kept going for a little bit longer. I'm like, well, got to fill 11 minutes somehow, I guess. True. Did you notice that Francine's shoes kept changing colors? No, I didn't. I wasn't focusing <laughs> on it. From, do you yeah. remember, from what to what? Do you remember? Yes. So when they... When it started, she was in yellow. I, I have the pinpoints written down. Nice. <laughs> in the school, they were yellow. And then when they go, I noticed that when they went outside of the school, so during the autograph session, yeah. they were green. Hmm. And then when they walked again, they were yellow. And then at the end, they were green again. This is why I always appreciate the collaborative nature of Elwood City Limits, because like I'm not that observant at the best of times. So sometimes... Be they, be they co-hosts or be they listeners of the show or both in this case, uh, can can find stuff that myself or Lucas totally missed. I wasn't even looking at Francine's shoes. Yeah, I don't know why I did. <laughs> just caught your eye in, in, between those, have... in between those shots, I guess. I suppose so. And now a word from us kids. Unfortunately, the file that uh, that Lucas and I have been using is Canadian only. Uh, so I, I was able to get uh, Cat the episodes, but they didn't have the word from us kids segment on here. So Cat, I'll give you, I'll I'll describe for you as best I can the word from us kids segment. So it was like you watched it with me. Yes, please. Okay. So it's a girl named Sloane in her second grade class. They are also doing the team poetry assignment so they're writing about poems with their friends and then they're acting them out so they're giving them actions and all this kind of stuff so it's second graders a lot of the poems are about being friends so it's all very nice they they end up having this like hot cocoa house instead of a coffee house you know it's all kind of cutesy cutesy schmutzy second grade kids stuff there's a funny one where one of the poems is these three girls who are just like, we're going to be friends forever until we're old ladies and they scrunch their faces and they bend over and they pretend walking with a cane gets a big (laughs) laugh and it was very cute. Of course. It's not often that, you know, sometimes these Word From Us Kids segments, they kind of peter out or they don't really have much of an ending or they struggle to put a button on it. So the button here was a call to action from one of the kids. And (laughs) it was like they were running out of tape because... This little girl, I don't remember if it was Sloane or not, but she looks at the camera, she goes, write a poem and act it out. <laughs> like, okay, or, or what? Like, what's going to happen? Like, when when do you want it oh. by? <laughs> oh, no, I wish I could have seen that. Uh, that sounds great. I'll see if I can find it and, and send it to you. Hi, everybody, it's Lucas, your favorite co-host from Elwood City Limits. Um, I want to remind you folks that if you like listening to the podcast, first and foremost, the best way to spread the love is to tell a friend who is interested in Arthur or podcasts or animation or hearing about Nova Scotia for some reason. But there's some other things you could do as well. For instance, you can follow us on social media. Twitter is at ECL Podcast. The Instagram is at Elwood City Limits. My pet project, the Twitch channel, which we do live streams on sometimes, twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits Pod. And we also have a Facebook and Tumblr as well. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's where Will has been diligently uploading all of the episodes if they're not on your podcast listening service of choice if they aren't on one of those services let us know you can reach out to us on social media or via email at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com Finally, the Patreon is where you can find all of our paywall content, patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. This gives you access to the Discord, where we have a bustling community, as well as some exclusive videos, audio bonuses, such as commentary for the various Arthur movies and more, as well as some of our additional podcasts for the kids, is where me and Will uh, cover all the PBS shows that aren't Arthur, as well as ECL Origins, where we really talk about any show from our childhood that we want, Uh, and most importantly, you get early access to every episode of ECL. You get to flex on your friends that you're getting it a week 
early. You can join for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And now, back to the show. And then DW has another adventure based around her kind of um, be, be, her being the the taskmaster, I suppose. That she she ended up tricking Arthur. Now she kind of tricks herself, depending on how you look at it. With this one, some assembly required, and we got Arthur kind of going full boomer on us here in the opening. <laughs> Oh, not Boomer. Well, I mean, it's... I don't know how it else is. to describe it's it. Boomer. Because, well, Kat, you, you, ever, you ever notice that kids used to be able to use their imagination to play? Now they they're all... They can't put down their Game Boys. Yeah. These iPad kids. You know, Ugh. when Arthur's dad was a kid, not even when Arthur was a kid, because he's a kid, um, <laughs> they used to play flashlight tag, but Arthur's not sure if that means if they tag the flashlight or if they have to tag the flashlight before someone tags them. I always understood flashlight tag to be you're playing it with flashlights and if you get hit with the light, you're it. I've never played that's, flashlight. That's tag. what I found. Yeah, like at like um like the lock-ins at school or church and you turn the lights off and yes. if the light hit you, you're it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. And then the one that uh, Arthur's grandpa would have, or sorry, Grandma Thora would have played, is kick the can, which I, that is also a variant of tag, isn't it? I think I played kick the can maybe once or twice when I was a kid, but then you can kind of get into like regional rules with that sort of thing, so I don't even know if I was playing proper kick the can, but I think it's, it's something, it, it is a variant of tag, I'm fairly is, certain. Is it? I, I thought it was just like a, like soccer. Oh, it's like with with a can instead of instead of a ball. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Well, okay, let me see if I can determine this. All right, Wikipedia says it's related to tag, hide and seek, and capture the flag. Oh my god! Already what? <laughs> okay, that's so un- that's wild. So I want to start here with the the the, the alternate name. So it's kick the can, <laughs> also known as kick the block. Guard the block, can can, forty forty, pom pom, tip the can, tin can copper, and can up can down. I I've never heard of any of those except for kick the can. Kick the can, yeah. I think that's. I like pom pom though. I think it's a pretty forty forty. Sounds like we don't have a can, so here's like a here's like a Colt forty five bottle or something. So one person or a team of people is it, and a can or similar object is placed in an open space. The other players run off and hide, while the person who's it covers their eyes and counts to a number. So this is, we're starting off with hide-and-seek rules. Yeah. Uh, the person who is it must return the can to its starting place before it can continue. Sorry, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to, hey, it's a Wikipedia article. Could you believe it's not terribly well written? <laughs> Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, so the person who's it <laughs> tries to find and tag each of the players. Any player who is tagged is sent to the holding pen, a designated area for all the captured players to congregate. Any player who has not been caught can kick the can. If they can do this without being caught, all the captured players are set free. Okay. Okay. So it's essentially it's it's tag and hide and seek with more rules rules oh my favorite <laughs> kids <laughs> known to follow rules mm-hmm. um and or or just uh in arthur's case and specifically with this episode so arthur talking about oh kids used to use their imagination more uh, remember remember when you had to go to the jungle gym instead of having it coming home to you <laughs> like, oh my god like arthur you're eight you're too you're too damn young to feel this damn old okay <laughs> And, and I did I did have a chuckle at the line. Arthur says, kids have it easy today. They don't have to use their imagination. Just like, all right, whatever, Grandpa. <laughs> and it turns Sorry, out... I'm young. <laughs> it turns out Arthur is uh, has been doing a... First of all, one of the worst toys known to man. He's been doing a slide puzzle. Nobody's favorite <sighs> game. And it, it's a slide puzzle of DW. 
dumb. I just I... it gave me Survivor vibes. Survivor vibes? How? <laughs> yeah, like a like Survivor with Jeff Probst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, is is, it, is that like, a game that they do? They do, do. Do you have to do slide puzzles on Survivor? Oh yeah, all, all not. I feel like nine times out of ten, it's going to be a slide puzzle oh, or something along those lines. That sucks. I Jeff get, Probst loves his slide puzzles. Uh, I can deal with having to be on a deserted island for thirty days, but I draw the line at slide puzzles. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. So. In, ter- in terms of speaking about the jungle gym, that's what's got Arthur thinking about this because DW has gotten a new home jungle gym. I sometimes when I hear something in an Arthur episode, I'm like, I have to go to the Arthur wiki for this. If they say something, I'm like, <laughs> I didn't catch that at all. And the idea here, so it is a knockoff of IKEA because DW says the Foonstoof Turvalisus. Turvalisus? Yeah. I noticed that because when um the the guy puts the box down yes and I and I saw the name of the company I said oh there's umlauts is it German and then I like tried to translate it and it did not translate into anything um yeah so the I mean I heard Funstuf and I'm like all right what does Funstuf mean it's like well it's fun stuff with umlauts because. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Turvalisus, and I, excuse me for the pronunciation, I don't remember what it was from the episode, uh, it is a Finnish word for safety. Fun stuff safety. Thank you for, thank you to the Arthur Wiki for doing that work. So, mom and dad, because it's an, because it's Shmikea, essentially, they have to construct it out of instructions. I have not, okay, so we had an Ikea coffee table, but I'm pretty sure my father-in-law put it together. So aside from, you know, Lego, I haven't really had to put together IKEA furniture yet myself. Uh, knock on wood. I've yet to do it either. I almost did and then I managed to get out of it and I'm quite proud. I, I, I although I say that I did I did uh, assemble this uh, computer chair that I'm sitting in, but that's not exactly IKEA. I mean, Famous last words. How hard could it be? I know the joke is that like, you know, oh, I'm holding it all kinds of ways. The the instruction manual. Oh, I can't read this. Like they even do it here. There, oh, you're holding it upside down. But I mean, like it's meant to be legible. It's meant to be understood uh, beyond language even. So is it how hard could it pictures? be? Huh? Isn't it just pictures? I think so. Yeah, I think it's mostly pictures. I mean, that's what Lego does too. And yeah, those are pretty easy to figure out. I got to be honest with you. So next time I get an Ikea piece of furniture, maybe I'll try and put it together myself and then I'll do an, an ECL presents Ikea <laughs> furniture. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to really make use of the time lapse function there. <laughs> so this is, they are going to be spending some time putting this together. DW wants it right now. Now I can, and and Kat, I imagine if you're on the fence about DW, this isn't exactly an episode to uh, get you over to mine and Lucas's side of pro DW. <laughs> I'm treading the waters. Hmm. But she's very insistent. Like I want it to be done now, and it can't. They have to construct it. So her and Emily and Bud discover the empty box that the jungle gym really came thought, in. I really thought, I really thought I was going to be safe from Bud. <laughs> I was hoping he wouldn't be appearing in this episode. So I know that Bud has become a little bit of a, a little bit of a topic, especially for our guests, because a lot of our guests have been here before the switch in animation styles, and you know it's getting their opinion on it, but it's also getting their opinion on the new characters, so Ladonna and Bud. Um, but I suppose you probably have a little bit of previous experience, and if you've been following along with the podcast as well. Uh, yes. he continues to come up and I really, I don't mean t- to keep making him a topic, but yeah, this is uh we get quite a bit of bud here and I, I did ask you about DW. So, um, like LaDonna and bud, how did they strike you? I, I remember cause I think wasn't the first episode of the new, um, animation, their introductory episode. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I did watch that when it came out. Um, so I think part of it was again, the new animation style yeah. th- threw me off. And then two new people, I was like, oh, this doesn't sit well with me. 
Uh, <laughs> and, and it's also so, like the first episode with LaDonna is about how she's like a liar. And it's like, yeah. oh, bad, bad start. Bad start. Yeah. Just watching someone fib for like 11 minutes. Thank you for using the word it. fib. I don't hear that. Oh, en- yeah. I don't hear that enough. I love fibbing. Not like the action, but the word. The word. Um. <laughs> um, so DW, Emily, and Bud, they have the empty box here. DW is a bit standoffish about the empty box. Uh, Emily and Bud are immediately thinking of possibilities. But DW says, you know what happens with boxes? You fall in love with them, and then they get recycled. <laughs> it's been a long, long time since uh, I've seen a box that could contain me. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think I was much of a box player as a kid. Like, I never... Uh, made stuff out of boxes. I think I always wished that I had more boxes so I could do, so I could imagine with it like the cartoon characters did, but we were a pretty box light house. I I used them a lot for the pets that I had. Like growing up, I had rabbits and now I have a guinea pig. Aw. So I'll, I'll make like little like houses for them to walk through, but definitely nothing my size. What's your guinea pig's name? Charlie. Aw, that's a good name. Especially He's a good boy. For a guinea pig. DW does go along with them into what is essentially an episode-long imagination sequence. First, their main imagination is that they are moon settlers, but this was Bud's idea. Emily's uh doesn't want there to be scary monsters, and she also wants a spinning wheel. So <laughs> the two big things. Yeah, it, t- it takes all kinds of kids, this crazy world of ours. Um, so NDW is the captain. So they go to the moon, specifically moon settlers. I was like, I'm a little colonialist, but all right, well, they're just kids. And they encounter a giant moon hamster, which is this several, many feet tall, purple, slobbering uh, creature that uh, gets in their way, but it's actually just Pal. Um, so DW throws a ball to distract Pal in the last couple of episodes, we've seen the return of cute pal, which is the pal that doesn't talk. And yeah. this was this actually made me sad. Uh, DW threw the ball, and then the kids ran away because they're pretending pal is the hamster. Pal goes and gets the ball, and he comes back, but then nobody's there, and so he looks so sad. Yeah, I'll play with Justice you, pal. pal. No. I throw the ball. I re oh, uh, quick like if you throw the ball. The, uh, as they go further into this kind of fantasy uh the imagine that arthur is a robot which was an interesting reuse of an earlier design i had to go back and make sure i had the right episode so in the season three episode i'd rather read it myself when dw imagines uh, when she's telling the story to the tibbles and arthur is the robot i forget what his name is it uh, I remember Bustrantor, but I don't remember what Arthur's robot name was. But this is the same design from that story. So DW still has this in her in her mind. And Arthur is not directly helping with the jungle gym. He's like bringing out lemonade and he's also bringing out cupcakes. And so the plate of cupcakes he has, they imagine it to be, or DW imagines it to be, a plate of super zolumium crystals. Which are apparently edible because Bud really wants those cupcakes. In fact, he really <laughs> wants them so much, he gets like the Looney Tunes, Disney crazy eyes. You ever watch one of those old cartoons and like Donald Duck really wants like a a turkey or a ham or something and then the, it, his eyes kind of flash yellow and red? Yes, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It was a really interesting flourish, like not something you would expect from modern animation. Uh and he does eat one of the crystals, but it gives him severe arthritis. And and I, I loved this, too. Oh, you did? Not not him getting sick, but the animation. <laughs> right. So it, remind, it reminded me of Chowder. So so what happened with the animation? And I, as, as someone who never watched Chowder, can you explain the connection? Yeah. So with Chowder, one thing that they consistently did for clothes mm-hmm is when the characters would walk, if there was a pattern on the clothes or a design, it would, like, st- um, how do I put this? It's as if it had, like, a long strip of it. So the design wouldn't stay still. It would keep moving as well. Okay. Did I explain that well? And so it just, even though it wasn't exactly like that, it was just, like, the moving of different patterns through Bud's, like, face was just... In a similar vein. I thought it was very cool. 
Okay, yeah. And and it seems to be going through all these different, like, patterns and swatches. They almost look like the kind of wallpapers you can get on, like, a Windows computer or something. And... Or, like, when Randall gets hit with the baseball bat in Monsters, Inc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, severe arthritis, which means he says stuff like, I like bionic bunny. <laughs> In his inimitable way. Um, that was great. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so they continue on with this little imagination thing as Bud's in a bit of trouble. They have to get him back to the spaceship <laughs> and uh, uh, relieve his arthritis. Uh, the Reeds finish the jungle gym. And again, the kids are in love with this box. Uh, eventually, Bud has to call uh, an, an official timeout because he needs to go to the bathroom. And he says, uh, if the box had a bathroom, I'd live in it. Which, um, so the reeds reeds finish the jungle gym in the meantime, but when you know it, it's the same problem that uh, IRL animals have, where you buy them a new toy and they just want the box. Now DW doesn't even want the jungle gym; she wants the box, and I'm as pro DW as it gets. She's one of my favorite characters. I love her, but it's it read very clearly to me here where DW is just like, I don't want the jungle gym anymore. And mom and dad even say at one point they spent like two hours on it. So they've been all doing this for two hours. And I just noted like dad, dad's like, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. And mom is like, I'll join you. And I'm like, they have to leave the premises immediately before <laughs> DW gets a smack because I, my, my parents were not violent people but I feel like I would be risking a smack if I did if I did this when I was her age. Oh, same. I'd get a fine grounding. Yeah, just and mom and dad Reed have been accused of being very, very lax with the W, and they're they're very patient. Mom says maybe you'll like it if you actually do it, and if you if you go on it, and then D W goes down the slide with like her arms folded, and that's what causes them to like want to leave. And I'm like, I totally get it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's just very, very rude here. But DW and her friends, like, and I, and I will say that they turn around, and Arthur has already broken down the box. It's a huge box. Like, it's it's got to be done. But that's the end of their original spaceship. But they're still in the imagination zone. So they see the jungle gym as another spaceship that was built by the robots, so Arthur, Mom, and Dad. And they use the new spaceship... They're going to fly to Mars, and they have made reference several times to the flugel, which is the missing piece of the jungle gym. It's like this ornament that you put on the very top and that mom and dad have been looking for, but they have been using it as like their kind of MacGuffin item. So they're going to use it to pilot home in their new spaceship. And so it seems that they are enjoying it after all. Yeah. I love when Dad Reed goes. Maybe we should just give her empty boxes for Christmas. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure with a lot of kids, that's the thought. I would love to know if that has ever worked. If that's a gambit that ever paid off. Of like, it's like, it's like when the kid gets the banana. Like I don't, the, a banana. Oh no, it's an avocado. Oh the. Oh, an avocado. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I've always, I've always wanted to know. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. I hope that at some point we do like Vine reunions where we just catch mm-hmm. up with these people because, like, many of them are like very different than when they started, and some of them, you know, were kids when that did that. So in that case, I would love to know, like, either from the kid or from the parent. Did they mean that thanks? Like, is it meant to be facetious or do they re- were they really excited about the avocado? <laughs> yeah. We need to start a campaign. Find avocado kid. I feel like I could see that already being done. Like I was I was oh, think- yeah. I was watching a documentary yesterday and it's like there's gotta be something being done with the Charlie Bit Me people now. Like they're they're they're, they're oh, grown yeah. up now. So it's like there has to be something down the pipeline for like I don't know, 2000, uh, 2025 or 2026, where it's like the 20-year anniversary of YouTube, and they're going to bring them out on a stage, and they're going to pose them, <laughs> and there's going to be like a 35-year-old man just like, out, Charlie! <laughs> or whatever. All right, oh, so th- no. <laughs> this, this was a lot of DW, so I have to uh, commend you as someone who is not anti-DW, but not pro-DW for taking this all in stride, especially for an episode where 
she wasn't always uh, <laughs> a peach to deal with. So, Kat, now we're going to take a look back at what exactly we watched and what we think about it. So, The Pageant Pickle. What did you think of this one? Uh, it was definitely my favorite of the two. I, I, I would go as far as to say that I would watch it again. Um, I liked the story. I liked DW's trickery when she punked Arthur. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like it was just like a nice, a nice fun time. Okay, I liked her in this one. And I mean, sometimes that's all. That's all an Arthur episode is and needs to be. There's not a whole. You don't have to find a terribly great meaning in it. Um, yeah, and there was a Nadine cameo. There was. You're right. In fact, given that it was an imagination episode in the second half. I almost expected Nadine to be in that one more, but she was quite confined. I think that the Nadine, sometimes we give Nadine a full episode, and I'm just like, Ugh, I don't think we needed to do this. But um, yeah, so this one, I I liked it fine. I, I think that there was um, some really interesting, you can tell I uh, write reviews on Letterboxd because I'm going to say directorial <laughs> choices <Ooh. laughs> made in this story. <laughs> Um, but there was like there was some like especially the cold open with all of those like weird close ups and the fisheye lens thing. It's clear that as we keep going, like there's a lot of interesting choices being made with the way that the show looks. It's not just characters against a flat background. Sometimes yeah. it kind of feels like that, but they do they really do their best to make the most out of the fact that now that they're in digital and they can kind of make things happen. I want to say a little easier ignorantly i'm sure that there are many hang-ups to doing digital as compared to doing hand-drawn animation but yeah it, and that that um this was proof of how they they're still trying to think outside the box with this stuff um yeah just like little little touches that i liked like the tibbles as mimes and yeah this was a, this was a good getting one over on arthur which almost feels like classic at this point of there's yeah. there's very there's very few episodes that involve like dw and or arthur trying to trick the other and it's just like it's, it's a good... like the uh the science one from oh gosh oh the say... uh prove it yes yes that's 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 all about like that's like pre-trolling right there yeah that's actually like a masterful performance of like i feel like that's what what influenced 2016 onward of the internet like that's just amazing <laughs> dw with like the, the egg icon in Arthur's replies. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I would say I agree with you. I think I liked it a bit more than some assembly required. Um, I, I will say that when I started watching some assembly required, I was like, oh, there's going to be an imagination for this whole thing. Because as I've said before, when Arthur tries to be other shows, it's not as good. Like you just yeah. rather watch other shows. For me, it was like, I guess there's probably other shows that fit the bill that are more contemporary with Arthur. But I was like the show to me, that's all about using your imagination is sticking around. I'm like, this is no sticking around, but by the time they kind of got into it, it was like, ah, all right. Like it's, it's a little bit lighter. It's them using their imagination. I liked the idea of them. There's something I always appreciate about characters using the world around them to imagine scenarios like that. I guess that speaks to my, childhood of using my imagination all the time and now i'm crusted over and haven't used it in decades as arthur would say that's what kids used to do they don't do it anymore um and yeah some of the some of the images were fun i think you made a great point about the whole arthritis thing that's another that's another example of them using the digital medium like they could that would have been so much harder to do hand-drawn and like switching between all those different like pattern swatches on bud's face so yeah. yeah, this this definitely isn't like must see or anything, but it was actually a little better than I expected it to be. So kudos there. Yeah. Did you want to give your kind of long form thoughts on it? <laughs> oh, I guess so. I would say that I didn't dislike Bud as much as I thought I would have. Um, and I I'm a big Emily fan personally, so oh, I always appreciate okay. um seeing Emily. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked how it would have some back and forth with the parents. So, so we weren't fully in 
uh, this make-believe world. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice to have like a little mix of the two. And also, Arthur is really good at frosting cupcakes. <laughs> like that is no easy feat. Yeah, they. I mean, I assumed that Dad made them. I didn't. Or no, no, you're right because he asked Arthur to frost the cupcakes. So that was all yeah. him. Damn. Yeah. Like, Tears have been shed by me trying to do that before. So seeing a nine-year-old one-up me was very hurtful. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to follow up with a couple of things. So you did bring you did bring up Bud, um, and he wasn't as annoying here as you were thinking that he might be. Um, I what 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 does he what does he specifically do that annoys you? If it was if it was absent from here. It really is, and I, I hate to say it, but it really is the voice for me. Okay. Just like the big caricature, like, like I feel like Lucas's impression is utter perfection. It's pretty. It's pretty much there. I'll let him know that you. Well, I'll let him know <laughs> that you said that, but he'll probably listen to this episode. Um, and you're an Emily fan. That's really interesting. What do you like about Emily? I, I think honestly, the turning point for me for Emily was the episode where she and Binky are partnered mm, yes and, and the wrestling one i don't know i just i felt like that was a really nice side of emily in my opinion okay it's that's that's just really interesting because i think lucas and i are coming from the baggage of like her early show portrayal where she's like kind of a oh. mini muffy yeah no i agree i don't like that aspect true <laughs> and but i'm but that also some of that came with Marie ellen so it was just like oh all right you can yeah. you can you can come in for that um Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode of Elwood City Limits. Uh, Kat, I mentioned at the beginning that I was going to bring this up, and I meant to earlier, I swear, but uh, (laughs) better late than never. Uh, You have your own podcast as well, and I've listened to it. It's very funny. You and your co-host have a have a great uh, rapport with each other. But could you please explain uh, your podcast just for fix and giggles? What's it all about? Yeah, so it's a recently new podcast. It's me and my best friend, Gustav, who lives in Canada. So that's fun. Oh, he's in Canada. Uh, Yeah, he went to a grad school in Canada and he stuck around. Um, So basically each episode, one of us brings in fan fictions from a different uh, show or movie and we force the other person to read it. And it's been a really fun time. What it would have been some of the like give give the people out there a little um, uh, preview of of some of the topics like, for example, the one that you did your most recent episode of. I was like, OK, I got to listen to this. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Our most recent episode was Teletubbies. <laughs> and I and I'll a little a little spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> one of the fanfics that I made Gustav read was a One Direction and Teletubbies collab, uh, which I didn't know would have existed. Um, I can say that I am a better person now because I know that it exists. It is a good time. It goes places. Like, (laughs) you want to talk about choices made? These are some choices in that film. And they were strong choices, too. You better believe it. Uh, I mean, you're missing out if you're not checking out just for Fix and Giggles. That's, That's on... Pretty much every podcast service, yeah? Yes. Sweet. The big three. And where can people find you on social if you would like to be found? Yeah, um, I don't mind. So my username is catoutboy, like fallout boy. That's what that means. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. You can tell what music group I was listening in middle school. <laughs> but that's my username for Instagram uh, letterboxed if you want to see my horrific movie taste. I don't I don't find it horrific. I just I, I become concerned as a friend of the amount of times that you've logged Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story. How many times is it this year, if you had to guess? Uh this year I, I know how many times I've logged it in general, which is 17 times. Nice. I want to say seven this year, 10 last year, because, yeah, I'll go with that. That rocks. I mean, it's, I, th- I agree with you. I think it's worth it. 
but it's so good. It is. It's it's great. It really is. Um, so yeah, I would encourage you to follow follow Cat. She's very very funny, and just for fix and giggles, definitely check that out. If you like Elwood City Limits, find one of the episodes that sounds good to you, and I guarantee you, it is as good as you think it's going to be. So check that out here, Cat. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate you being here and finally being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And I'm sure we'll have you back at some point. But next time on Elwood City Limits, we're getting ready to uh, we're getting ready to end off the season. And we're gonna be doing that with Shelter from the Storm, which, without spoiling it, I think, Kat, your expertise would have been like not to say that I, I like I'm pretty sh- I'm hoping knock on wood that Lucas is going to be back for the season finale but there's a certain person of note who's going to be appearing in that episode that I feel like you may have some opinions on so I may have to ask your opinions on them uh, off mic so that it's not spoiled for anybody including Lucas I don't know if he knows okay but that's going to do it for this episode of Elwood City Limits. Thank you to Kat for joining us, and thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Will Young, and for Kat... That was my Arthur impression. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>